the Citizen's Guide to the Supernormal. So then the dad says, Well, son, you ever seen a bulldog eat mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> That's, a, that's an old one from back in the day. Right. That's a good one. Right. Only but goody, definitely. I have another one for the next it's break. It's almost as good as, uh, <laughs> uh, are you going to tell the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stop. That, one, that one's going to make Maynard blush. I don't know. I don't think it will. It might. Maynard used to own a pawn shop. Yeah, well, used to. Doesn't back, count anymore. Back in the day. Yeah, but he, he sold Larry that fucking Sawzall dildo, remember? <laughs> I do remember that. I don't Where feel like Larry? Maynard blushes hey, much. what? Why do I feel like that was on a different show? Oh. Oh, yeah. Ten. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how this works? All right. We should probably, uh, I don't know, start the show or something. Yeah. You, you guys want to do some dick news? Uh, do I? I mean, it's mostly healthy. Itches from time to time, but doesn't everybody's? Or is this a... This is... No, oh, it's, it's not. not we're not, it's not we're not announcing our dick news. I mean, news. I'm glad yours works. I mean, we all have HPV, right? If you know it, you're going to get it. Should you introduce that? No, no, because the thing is you have to have sex to get it. Wow. And uh, I got the best birth control ever. Or use a toilet. (laughs) How are you using a toilet? What are you doing in the toilet that that happens to you? There's a lot of splashback, okay? You're not living up to your (laughs) toilet potential if you ask that. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. Uh, So this this is all dick news from around the world. Dick news from around the world. International cocks. Dick news from around the world. All right. All right. Well, now you're just gussing it up. We're not that fancy. Well, I mean, you did. I'm waiting for the dick news. Like, I'm not song. doing the dick news song. You got to do the dick some news music song. We have a guest. We have a new guest. You need to do the dick news song. Nope. Not going to do it. Guys, I think we should do the dick news song. Fuck you guys. Dick, 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 news, dick, news, dick, news. Bum, 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 news, 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 dick news. Can we can we start now, all please? Right. All right. Fucking asshole. All right, do one so thing when I'm drunk, and now I got to do it all the time like a fucking trained seal that can sing badly. Trained. All right. <laughs> don't, Ma- don't think you're thinking about <laughs> it too much. Man takes out 10-inch penis in front of shop staff to prove he wasn't stealing. I feel like he Were they selling 10-inch penises? I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> you know like, no, I already got one. I don't need yours. You know what the, Did yeah, they th- accuse him of stealing a tape measure? <laughs> <laughs> it's got the little lines on it and yeah, everything, yeah, like yeah, even like, the centimeter lines. You guys have seen Spinal Tap, right? I think he just yes. he, he went to the grocery store and was like, I'm going to buy this cucumber, but I need to keep it fresh, so I'm going to wrap it in some tinfoil. I feel like he <laughs> wasn't even accused of stealing. I think he just wanted to. He's like, I'm not stealing. Like, sir, no one said, look at my dick. I'm going to be honest with you. If I had, like, a good, like, you know, a 10-inch dick with some girth to it, I would probably try to find as many ways to, like, show people with their consent as I could. So, like, if, I mean, like, if it was, like, the length of a Pringles can but the, the thickness of a Red Bull? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But if it was like the length of a Pringles can, but the thickness of a Slim Jim, like you could comfortably tie it in a bow, I would not show that to people. Uh, I might show it to some people or be like, look, I got a built-in whip. So the shopkeep just like, where are you going with that mag light? (laughs) Uh, All right, so Steve Whitehouse uh, was trying to buy clothes in Scott's menswear in Stoke-on-Trent? Stock-on-Trent? 
Oh, whatever. It's British. When the, yeah, well, clearly. <laughs> when Excuse the, my method. British-named town. When the contents of his trousers became a topic of conversation. Oh, they were like, hey, you're smuggling. Uh, where did you find plums in our store? And he's like, no, 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 no. That's my equipment. Uh, a man with a very large penis was accused of shoplifting due to his suspicious package. Steve Whitehurst and his girlfriend Mandy Shenton, Shenton were at Scott's Menswear in Stock and Trent uh, buying $400 of gear when a female manager made a stinging accusation. You think she just walked up and grabbed him by the dick and was like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. Keep shaking. Do you have any idea how much these boom mics cost? <laughs> Ma'am, could you speak a little louder into the microphone, please? Um, as Miss Shenton's 18-month-old granddaughter watched on, <laughs> the probing the probing staff member pointed at the 47-year-old's bulge. Uh, she accused Mr. Whitehurst of having stuffed clothes down the front of what he later admitted were very tight jeans. In a bid to clear his name, the under-fire shopper dropped his trousers to the floor. So, like, establish dominance by just dropping your pants to your ankles. Yeah. yeah. No, he did the he did the the uh, the crocodile Dundee. That's not a knife. This is a knife thing. Yeah, I can't help the way I'm made. I just keep telling her that it was my penis. The widow, <laughs> the window fitter, told the son, uh, despite presenting his boxer-clad lower half, the manager was not yet free of suspicion. Oh my god! You know what she did? She was like, she's like, I bet she if does I- this a lot. I bet this is like a thing for her. She's you- like, excuse me, sir. I need to see what you're hiding. I see a rolled up pair of tube socks and I think you're stealing from me. Do you think this is like the Lululemon see-through pants thing? <laughs> yeah, like all over again, just in reverse. Uh, There's got to be a part of the guy that's like, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Like, <laughs> she used to go like, to Iggy Pop concerts back in the day. <laughs> He's stealing. You know, if you don't like it when she makes you drop your pants, maybe you should stop shopping here. This is like your fourth time in here today. What is that bulge? The woman asked, gesturing to his heftily proportioned oh, private area. On. He was then he was then taken to a cubicle by security male guard. He claimed to <laughs> and made to show his ten inch penis. Later, the guard came out, shock white and terrified. <laughs> it's, it looked me in the eyes. <laughs> it winked at me. It, it, sound, it winked at me. Just sounds like this woman never developed social skills. Right. Like she's still a kid who picks at your insecurities. <laughs> What's up with your head? Like, Oh, boy. All right. Uh, I'm not going to read the rest of the article because I think we've got everything we can get out of that Hold one. on, though. It, may, it reminded me of a, of a moment I had. I don't know that I don't know no, that no, you've ever had it. a moment like this. <laughs> it's worth it. So I was learning how to do uh, a proper search when I was getting ready to go to Iraq. I bet you I bet you, you were. So um, they kept telling you, they're like, you have to search every part of a guy. And I'm like, eh, I don't like this. And they're like... <laughs> They're All like, of them. They're like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta search everything. You gotta, and and what the way they 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 worded it was, you need to grab and crush. Okay. <laughs> so I gotta search this guy, and we're being graded. And if I do it wrong, I gotta do it again. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm just gonna go for it. So I go now, when you leg. do the crush, just out of curiosity, and they're grading you on the crush, is it like? Do they grade the springback factor too, or is it <laughs> <laughs> you're a very spongy member, sir? So anyway, I was, I was searching this guy, and um, uh, I did know he had a weapon on him. I just didn't know where it was. <laughs> so I'm searching, and um, <laughs> sir, is this a billy club in your pocket? No, I'm just very happy to see. Well, you. no, no. So here's what happened. I, I I made it to the point of no return, and 
I was like, and this is this is a soldier, you know. I'm searching this, another soldier, and I was like, uh, "Is that you, Private?" And he's like, "Yup." And I was like, "Okay." So I let him go. <laughs> Those are your privates, Private. <laughs> this kid, I don't, I don't know how he managed to walk around, because he was only like five six, and this dick was at least another seven feet. <laughs> it was like he was pot elephant. See, the only way you could have made that better is if you then leaned in and whispered in his ear, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> so later on, later on that day, uh, we're, all, we're all getting showered up, right? And uh, I look over and fucking helicopter walks in. And w- obviously we had that awkward moment where I grabbed his penis earlier that day. So I'm avoiding <laughs> eye contact like the plague. So I look down on my feet and I'm just standing there. And... Fucking Dumbo shows up with a with a washcloth hanging off his junk, and it's not covering much. So all I see is this guy who's got a built-in towel rack standing next to me in the fucking shower. And I'm like, well, at this point, like, how, why are you covering it? We all know it's there because I said very loudly, is that you, private? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man, just calm the fuck down, clean yourself, and get out. Now you're just showing off. At least now, at least now you know why he was called the hammer. <laughs> I swear to God, that guy was so short that when he got an erection, he had a heart attack at the same time. All the blood has to go one place, you know. He just faints. <laughs> if he slept with a fellow soldier, they'd get a purple heart. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Uh, all right. So uh, this next one: woman cuts off lover's penis with garden shears during bondage sex. Oh boy. She was jailed. Yeah. Was she in the jail during the bondage sex or afterwards? No, but there's graphic images. Do you guys want to see them? No. Uh, oh. Yes, please. No, we're going to we're gonna look. Man up. Come on. This is, All right. This Brenda, is for science. Here's the thing. When they say bondage sex, that, that makes me think that part of it was consensual. So there was a point where this guy is tied up. And is and it turns. What do you What do you think the indication was that things have turned? I'm pretty sure when she put down the alligator clips and picked up the pinking shears. Maybe <laughs> she. I I think she forgot they, they that the safe word was no. Yeah, they had a miscommunication <laughs> on the safe word. Yeah, my safe word is any garden equipment. All right. Uh, he was like, "You did not understand what I meant when I suggested scissoring." Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sarge, I'm pretty sure you have to have sex to have a safe word. Uh, no, no, I have a safe word with myself. <laughs> and, and your proctologist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brenda Baratini, uh, 28, was dubbed the Argentinian Lorena Bobbitt after shearing off Sergio Fernandez's penis in one of his testicles. Oh. <laughs> after she allegedly, oh, after he allegedly shared sex tapes. This is the guy. This is the Oh, one. this is the story that oh. we were already told about by one of our fans who, if I mentioned her name, people would be surprised, so I'm not gonna. Can we get a Twitter handle? I'll tell you later. Go. All right. A woman dubbed the Ar- Argentinian Lorena Bobbitt for cutting off her lover's penis with garden shears during bondage sex has been jailed for 13 years. That's Should a long st- wait, time. I don't understand. One, one year for every inch? No, 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 no. Probably like three years for every inch. Oh, that makes way more sense. He's average then. Right? She was mad. Um, accountant. She's an accountant a day and a, a bondage queen at night. A dominatrix. <laughs> uh, was found guilty of attempted murder. Of musician Sergio Fernandez, 42, following the trial. Around 90% of his penis was sheared off, along with a testicle. He spent eight days in a coma. You can literally go into a coma from losing your dick? 
Yeah, it's like an artery. Whoa. Wait, what? Well, it's all blood. Your dick is not an artery. Where did you go to health class? I said like. <laughs> I didn't say an artery. I said like. Uh, I mean, I can understand. Well, you know, maybe if he had taken Viagra, you know, because then it's just constantly pumping. Yeah, Mr. I, Fernandez said his manhood is now different. Well, no shit. Oh, yeah. He oh. still suffers panic attacks and insomnia, as well as a constant feeling women want to kill him <laughs> if he has sex. <laughs> It's not funny. It's weird. It's, really it's funny. fucking colossally funny. Uh, what are you talking about? upsetting can, is the half a ball that's missing. Like, she confessed uh, to planning the November 2017 attack, which made headlines around the world after she he shared sex tapes and X-rayed photos of her with friends, claiming he treated her like a trophy. Well, he deserved it then, and I'm kind of glad he got his dick cut off. I'm just going to be honest. I just hope they didn't sew it back on. Okay. Kind oh, of. Oh, this like, is. Oh, okay. wow. Right? I mean, I, I get it. Coming for our I don't get it. Why wouldn't wouldn't you want to keep that a secret and be like, no, no, you can't. No, Victoria doesn't like those secrets. Anyway, um, <sighs> she said she had not attempted to kill her victim. Uh, she told the jury of four men and four women during her trial in Cordoba, Argentina. He turned me into a sex object. I was just a s, s asterisk asterisk G for him. Slag. Yeah, yeah, slag. It's uh. All right. Uh, he infringed my privacy, my life, oh, and my career. I mean, I don't know what they call each other during sex, so. Oh, no. Gotta see it. Sister Whatever brother. Reaction is, I don't Let's do it. Look at all that blood. Oh, come on. They blurred it out. You look at the blood. No, I'm talking about like the. Yeah. Good for him. That's... Look at that blood spatter. He deserves it. She didn't it. even cut it. Like, she should have just cut. The fact that she cut the ball off meant like it's a I bad like that haircut he's got, yeah. of the dick <laughs> and balls. I like that there's four bottles of water there. Like, he was like, all right, I'm a little parched. I'm Can thirsty. I? Dude's just sitting on the floor like, yep. He's like, well, this day can't get any worse. <laughs> oh, there's a. It's I wasn't weird. even supposed to be here today. Those are those are some serious garden shears. Anyway, uh, like, the do victims- I at least get ice cream at the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> So he's in a coma, but you left out a very important thing that I think we all need to know. Could they get it back on? Uh, well, we're getting there. So uh, the victim said Baratini severed his penis after getting him to put a blindfold on. After she put the blindfold on, she told me to guess where she was touching. Well, that's really like not a very good game. Like I, As long as you have feeling in your lower half, I think you could guess where she's touching. Um, sure, Jordan. You don't think? Keep going, bud. It's not a very good game. Anyway, she also wanted to tie me up, but I didn't let her. She began to practice oral sex. I suddenly, I suddenly felt something. She wanted to kill me in that second. Um, yeah, wait, I feel she, like any time I am about to have an orgasm, I think I'm about to die. She cut his dick Initially, off she claimed job? she was defending herself from sexual assault. Kept changing the story. Oh, my God. Look at that. What do we got? What do we got? Bring it. Bring it. Look at I gotta look. I gotta oh, for Christ's sakes, it's just a little blood. blood. Who cares? A little blood. He makes it sound like he, he's like, oh my God, guys, guys look at this. Look at, that is not a little blood. It looks like somebody spilled some spaghetti sauce on the floor, and then the dog got into it. I dropped a pizza the other day. Look just, like, just like that, right? <laughs> it was All a right. Meat uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she, re- she reacted to the verdict and <laughs> sentence by shouting... Merda, which is Spanish for shit. Um, yeah. I mean... You can't... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it was attached, but he still suffers from other issues. All right. You want to go again? 
What if they weren't? Oh, that's what she said. All right. Do you want to go again? Do we I've, I've, got, like I've got three more stories. Do we? Well, we're not going to do three more. How, what t- what's our time? Timekeeper, where Probably are we at? Probably 20 minutes. Around uh, 16 minutes. All right. Do one more. All one right. More. So I'll give you three. I'll give you three titles, and you guys just tell me which one you want to hear. Okay. Uh, man had penis amputated, and two others suffer banana bends. Nah, we've already covered that shit. Keep going. All righty then. Woman hacks off husband's penis. Why the fuck do you keep looking up these things? And feeds it to dogs to end domestic abuse. Skip. And finally. Ooh. Oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that was. Fisherman, 27, killed after a huge crocodile bites off his penis. Done. Hit it. <laughs> Love Why? They have did you just type in dick dismemberment? I type in dick news and or strange dick news or weird dick news and. I just picked the best of that group. All right. Guys, do you think this is the same crocodile from Billy Madison? Happy, no, but it might be the same crocodile from the crocodile shock story we did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, I love how he has to say huge crocodile. Like It wasn't a little one. A little one can't take my dick. It was a huge Well, crocodile. he's not saying much. He's dead. Oh. Well, so a couple of episodes ago, Maynard's like, it was a huge moose. <laughs> Jordan was like, I'm pretty sure they're all pretty big. Wait, I, th- <laughs> no, I thought that this one, that was, one was like the, you know, the, the Yeti moose. The Yeti moose. It was like 15 feet tall. All right. A fishmonger was killed. A fishmonger? Yeah, that's, killed him. That's his title, fishmonger. Now I'm scared. Can we stop with the hissing? Now I'm a little scared. All right. It's a crocodile. Uh, Paul, Paul Nihamansa from Harare, Zimbabwe. Was killed I'm while sure fishing with his brother. Right. <laughs> a fishmonger, huh? Uh, he was a fishmonger killed after an enormous crocodile bit off his penis as he cast a net with his brother. What is his dick doing? Did he not see the fucking crocodile in the water? Uh, Paul, How deep was he that he didn't see a crocodile I mean, by his thi- dick? Those things are fast, though. Paul Nahin- if He was like up to his knees in the water and like casting, and that thing just came out of nowhere. He didn't see it coming. Crocodiles are not exactly small. Yeah, but they're fast. Still, I feel like the first thing I would do was cover my dick. All right, so when the he attack was, he happened, had a fishing uh, rod in his hand. he was casting fishing nets when the attack right? happened. Yeah, but a fishing rod is not nearly as oh, important nets, as your nets. fishing rod. <laughs> All right, continue. All right. There, some rods are more important than others. Right? <laughs> a crocodile suddenly grabbed the 27-year-olds from Harare, killing him in front of his brother. Jeremiah escaped the jaws of the reptile and reported the attack to park rangers. When they arrived at the water's edge, all they could was fish his body out of the water. That is like terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm gonna run. Like, fuck you, Harare. What's his name? Paul. Fuck you, Paul. I'm gonna go save my own life. Well, I yeah, gotta... I would do the same thing. If somebody bit somebody else's dick off, I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna catch you guys later. You're eight years my senior. I'm. I've got more to live for. I feel like the title's misleading. It's man killed by crocodile. Dick also misleading. <laughs> 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 Like, yeah, man's dick point. bitten off by well, a crocodile implies that he's alive, not yeah, man murdered by a crocodile. Well, also ate his dick. When they got I him had back some on, hope. I was like, oh, maybe he made it. When they got him back on land, his genitals had been completely removed. Uh, apparently, the crocodile also had some shears in his hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Inspector Tende was... Mlons? You know what would be guy? funny? If that was the first time that that crocodile had ever been a human before, and like, oh, God, people taste like dick. <laughs> or if that uh, guy had been sharing the crocodile's sex tapes. 
<laughs> Park rangers get there and be like, you fucked that crocodile, didn't you, bro? Uh, Tendi was some that guy. I'll have no fury like a crocodile scorned. Of the That Place East Provincial Police uh, warned against fishing in crocodile-infested waters. Oh, do you think? You think that was the problem? I confirmed the death of the man from Hopley in Harare who was attacked by a crocodile at a dam in Beatrice. The deceased was in the company of another adult man casting their nets <laughs> while he was attacked by the Talk reptile. about burying the lead. He's like, here's all the things that happened. Oh, yeah, and the dude's dick up. One study suggested the number of attacks by Nile crocodiles was between 275 and 745 a year, with 63% proving fatal. That's a lot of... Fatalities? Fatalities. Finish him. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you fuck around with crocodiles. Yeah, it's like super avoidable. Just don't, like, the crocodile's like, this is where we live. And they're like, well, what if we just keep coming here? What was just going to eat you? And people just keep going there. The crocodile pops out of the water after, like, the fifth or sixth time. And he's like, you guys don't come here for the hunt, do you, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Fatality. All right, well, that was pretty good. Let's, uh... <laughs> it's like when people on vacation in other countries are like, well, maybe we'll go outside the resort today. And yeah, you get don't. kidnapped and you're like, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> you or like when a, when a reporter goes to like a war zone and they get kidnapped and you're like, well, I mean, you did kind of. You knew there. you knew <laughs> there was a chance to the they were, they were, It's not like they were handing out lollipops, you know. Yeah. Brian, it happened to Brian Williams. Yeah, yeah. He was there. Yeah, he, he was. Can, he cornflaked it. Uh, I he think never was wanted the time to be handed a script in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I've seen this movie. I don't want to read for this part. Look, if you've <laughs> seen the place you're going on green screen on CNN, don't go there. Yeah. Ever. Clearly. All right. If you uh, feel like someone else is talking to camera, panic. Guys. <laughs> all right. Um, guys, that so was dick news from around the world. Let's go to break. Then we'll come back and we're going to talk about um, someone without a dick, you actually. Did? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's do it. The Citizen's Guide to the Supernormal. Do you need a t-shirt but don't want to look like a fucking donkey? Do you want your mug to tell you to fuck yourself every morning? Well, stop shopping at fucking Kohl's, you dildo. Go to facultees.com. These shirts are comfortable. The designs are awesome and the customer service is pretty amazing. And I gotta tell you, the prices are great for what you're getting. I own a few of these amazing shirts, but Death Unicorn is definitely my favorite and the favorite of this crazy Special Forces guy that I made friends with. And he's probably killed people. Anyway, up your game. Buy a shirt, and at checkout, enter the code SARGE15 to save 15%. The website is F-A-R-K-L-E-T-E-E-S dot com. So up your game, and look better than your shitbag fucking neighbors. Kung Lao was pretty cool, though, too. Uh, you know, Scorpion was my favorite. I always oh, like wow. Get over here. You know who was really good <laughs> uh, and also terrible was Raiden. Because he could do that thing where he jumped behind you. Was that the guy with the really racist hat who shot lightning out of his hand? Yes, yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, so he says, you ever try to pull out a grilled cheese sandwich? 
it didn't really work because we were talking yeah. so no one knew we were There's everyone no knew we weren't telling a joke well, uh, we, the, the whole thing was we're going to just tell the joke. Welcome back to the Citizen's Guide to the Supernormal. This is a podcast dedicated to the weird, unexplained, and all things sticky, stupid, and uncomfortable. Like finding your mom on Ashley Madison. My name is Saj. With me is Maynard and joining us as usual tonight. Is that hits a little too close to home for Jesse. <laughs> Way to bury the lead, you asshole. I was just going to announce the kid. Uh... <laughs> well, you know who that dickhead was. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Bastard Prophet. Maynard is at Maynard Rules, and Jordan is at CG Super Jordan. The show is at C underscore G Supernormal, and with us tonight is a special and very funny guest, Jesse Miles. Thank you for having me. And Jordan, for your information, the only website my mother's on is JPay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say J Dates. So. Jesse used to get really mad when I'd show up at his house and be like, hey, that picture of your mom and in the bikini. Can I borrow that? <laughs> Jordan just wanted to find the bikini so he could buy it for himself. Yeah. We did have the same cup size. It was weird. <laughs> Still do, actually. I've since lost weight. Yeah, not in the bra, though. So, Je- uh, Jesse, what's your uh, Twitter handle? It is at the Jesse Miles. That's so stupid still. I know. Jordan hates it. Jordan fucking hates it. I liked it when we used to uh, add an E to that and then create like a million fake accounts of me. So, uh, Jesse, do you have a, a YouTube as well? I, uh, yeah. Because you can <laughs> check out some of Jesse Miles. <laughs> you can check out Jesse on YouTube. What's your YouTube handle? Uh, just Jesse Miles. Okay, so. There's uh, me you... and then there's a singer. I'm not the singer. I'm not musically inclined. All right, perfect. If you'd like, you could, you could also text Jesse at 617. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to pull that out. 959-753. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I'm editing the episode, so I do not know how to mute. <laughs> it's okay. It's never been muted before. All right, so uh, check out his stand-up. You should also follow our host at Branded Sports um, at thebrandedsports.com. Uh, on Twitter, they're branded underscore sports. And uh, I'm still in the heated match. Fucking Notre Dame let me down. They really fucking screwed the pooch. So now they're two and one. I don't know what that means because college football rules are like voodoo. Uh, <laughs> they might still make it to a playoff game, or, or uh, I don't know if they have to sacrifice a turkey. I don't understand how any of it works. Um, but anyway, um, if you like our show, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we desperately need that, so keep doing it. And if you really, really like our show, you can hit us up on patreon.com slash Saj the Destroyer. Um, we uh, would like that as well because we need the money to do this show because it is funded by you and you alone. We don't really have sponsors all that much. And uh, we don't want to go corporate and, like Green Day. So, <laughs> Hey, I'm wearing a Green Day shirt. That's why I said it. Oh. I think if we go corporate, I have to stop doing dick news. Yeah, but I got this before they were corporate. No, I think if we go corporate, we have to go extra dick news. We just got to get sponsored by somebody like Trojans. You have to call it penis news. Oh, see, that's the worst. Or, no, what if Dick Cheney sponsored the show? You son of a bitch. He's like, I have to shoot at least one of you. Dick Clark, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. All right. Is um, Dick Cheney still alive? Probably yeah. Probably. Evil doesn't die. so and then finally you have questions or comments you can reach the show directly at citizensguidepodcast at gmail.com or you can text jesse at no i'm just kidding (laughs) i won't do that to you twice all right used to have a hotmail but everyone kept hitting them up for weird sex stuff 
Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what Hotmail's there for now. <laughs> All right. Buckle up, gang. Sarge has a story. The year was 1892. Ellis Island opens, and immigrants from all over the world land in America and are immediately told to go back to where they came from by a fat white guy. Sir Frederick Stanley donates his famous cup, known then as the Dominion Hockey Challenge Cup. What a bullshit name is that? It was presented to the best amateur hockey, lean, hockey team excuse me, in Canada at <laughs> I the love time. the hockey league. We're saving that one. <laughs> it was also used in the amateur film Two Stanleys, One Cup, which is less well-known. <laughs> Thomas Edison was awarded a patent for his invention, the telegraph. The first message was, what hath God wrought? The second message was, eight, equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, capital D. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Thomas Edison. <laughs> the Nutcracker was performed for the first time, answering the age-old question of where will Dad fall asleep tonight? Grover <laughs> Cleveland is elected president. He is the only president to have served as president for multiple times in non-consecutive terms, and still the only successful human being named Grover. Finally, in August 4th, 1892, in Fall River, Massachusetts, Bridget Sullivan, a maid in the Borden residence, was awakened by the blood-curdling screams of Borden's youngest daughter, Lizzie, as she discovered the bloody, almost unrecognizable body of her father, Andrew. Because she killed him. Um, hey, hey. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. She, she did it. Now um, they don't even have to listen to the end. Background on Lizzie. Uh, let's talk about our timeline. Well, oh, do you so want to do background? Do it. Do you I think? I think details? so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that was That's the also the name of my sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the guy who uh, lost his dick in sh- with some shears earlier. No, that was the Wilhelm scream. It's in like every movie. All right. So, uh, background on Lizzie, I, I think, honestly, I would rather just do it as you go through the timeline. All right, makes well, it a little so bit December easier. 25th, 1845, Lizzie Bo- Andrew Borden, excuse me, age 23, marries Sarah Morse, inventor of the Morse Code. I'm kidding, that's not real. And moves into a house on 92 Second Street, Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, don't ever go there. Fall River's disgusting. I was Andrew there today. would later purchase his home in 1871. In July 19th, on excuse me, on July 19th, in 1860, Lizzie and Andrew Borden. What? Uh, you are. Can we just let's let's go back? Right. Have you ever heard of a comma, Jordan? July 19th, 1860, Lizzie Andrew Borden is born, and for some reason, her father hated her and gave his first name as her middle yeah, name. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Right? right. So what the fuck is that all about? Did you just want a boy like real bad? The problem was is he had this was his second daughter. So he was probably like, Well fuck, I know I'm not having another kid, so I might as well just call this one Andrew. I mean it looks handsome coming out of the I like that her uh I like that her initials a lab. Yeah. It's solid it's solid discovery by you. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Relax. Relax. You're all tense. It's pork rinds are getting to you. You're sweating a little. March 26th. Should I eat one? 1863, Sarah Borden, mother of Lizzie, and her oldest sister, Emma, who is age 12 at this point, dies. Not the 12-year-old. The, the that was, mom. Liz, yeah. Lizzie was three. Wasn't a sin. <clears throat> it's believed that she actually died during childbirth, so she lost a kid and her son. Oh. 
well, it was the 1860s. That was kind of like par for the course back then. I mean, it was like a 50-50 shot. Yeah, really. <clears throat> so uh, June 6th, 1865, Andrew Borden remarries. His new wife, Abby Gray, is age 37. 1887. Which is like 60 in dog years. <laughs> <laughs> At least back then. And 218.67 years. Uh, in 1887, Lizzie Borden stops calling her stepmother mother. Now, I've got, actually, this is where we're going to get into some background. <coughs> um, That's a good song. Lizzie Borden's mom is actually the subject of the song Mother by Glenn Danzig. I don't know if anybody knew that. So, uh, when, <coughs> when Andrew, Andy, I'm going to, I, I want to call him Andy just because I think we're on a personal level at this point. I've seen his skull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> This is the part of the job that I don't love. Like, I've got actually pictures I'm going to show you guys as we go through this. Oh, good. Um, oh, good. Yeah, nightmares. This is the shit nightmares are born of. Anyway, when Andy and uh, Abby get married, um, Emma is a total bitch to her stepmom, right? Like, as stepkids do. And Emma's she was, the oldest sister, yes, right? Yes, right. Okay. And she was sent off to boarding school um, at this point in time. So, uh, Lizzie's only five years old, six years old at this point in time. <clears throat> and uh, she is, takes really well to Abby at this point. Um, it's not until uh, later on in 1887 when Emma comes home from boarding school that she finds out how close uh, Lizzie. Lizzie and Abby have gotten that she starts putting things into Lizzie's head about how uh, she's stealing her father from them and... <clears throat> and uh, Emma actually put a wedge in between them, or drove a wedge in between them, and she stopped calling her stepmother because uh, Emma... So you stopped calling her mom. She started calling her stepmother, right? Uh, she actually referred to her as Mrs. Borden. Oh. That's, yeah, like, that's rough. Yeah. That's an awkward dinner. Shitty kid inception. Just <laughs> yeah, right. So <clears throat> um, you'll see her referred to as either um, Mrs. Borden or uh, that lady, my dad knocked up or married whatever see the c uh, word wasn't popular yet yeah. <laughs> uh, cheese <laughs> <laughs> that cheese my dad fucks <laughs> <laughs> all right june 24th 1891 daytime robbery of cash and jewelry at the borden home emma lizzie and bridget are all home at the time lizzie who had earlier been accused of shoplifting by a local merchant is a family's prime suspect also because she had all of that shit in her hands so another thing that i learned today from the tour is that uh andrew borden had actually brought this to the local uh officers and after a, a few days he decided that he wanted to not pursue this anymore uh and it's assumed that they think lizzie did it which is why he decided not to push well, I had always heard that Andrew Borden was kind of a cheap piece of shit, too. He, he absolutely was. So um, He also like, fucked over his business partners a whole bunch. Yep. Yeah, he's just not a good person yeah. anyway. And so I, it doesn't surprise me at all that he called the cops on his kids. He's like the preschool teacher that calls a school resources officer to come and arrest a two-year-old because they're like, you know, they poop their pants or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the cop comes in and is like, I got to arrest you. She said I had to. She didn't have the, the cash or the jewelry down her pants, right? No, but there was a 10-inch... 
<laughs> they're like that shitty family in everyone's neighborhood where like the kids steal stuff and the dad's like why are you like this and then beats the fuck out of them <laughs> in front and of everyone like, oh, this is just a vicious cycle ain't it wow that feels oddly specific jesse do you want to tell us about it uh oh no we yeah. laughed at them for not being able to handle their damage <laughs> well oh no hull sounds like a great place to grow the up the key so to anyway. not getting beat is to not get caught it's your own fault <laughs> From this date, the doors to the boarding home, inside and out, are kept locked. That's important. Remember because that the father's later. a cheap son of a bitch. That's very important. Remember that for later. He's also fucking insanely wealthy. Can we just cover that real quick? He had a ton of money. He, at the time of his death, actually, so we were just talking about this, at the time of his death, he, he was worth $300,000. <laughs> ah, shit. Um, which, in today's money, is like $10 million. $10 million. Yeah, $300,000 back then? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. and didn't spend... <laughs> yeah, he yeah. didn't even heat the house. He, he was, was a total the, piece of shit. They didn't have running water. That's not true. No, 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 Dude, no. Dude, the rich don't they stay didn't rich have running, by spending their money. They didn't have running water, but they did heat the house. They actually, he actually, so when he bought the house, uh, he actually installed um, radiators that are still existing in the house today that actually still heat the house today. But Thank they, you, Bob Vila. They didn't not have any electricity, you. which I didn't know was a thing. You know, I also realized how little I know about history. Because <laughs> when I look this up, like anything before 1920, I'm like, oh, that's colonial days, right? <laughs> oh, God. This place is bullshit. There's so no electrical like, outlets. What's wrong with this house? a picture of Lizzie Borden. I was like, 1892, they had pictures? Like, I had no... <laughs> they're like, they didn't have electricity. I was like, well, no one did. They're like, no, that like was... like 150 <laughs> years you just kind of forgot about. Like, just <laughs> right you know now. what? It's a boring period of time. <laughs> yeah, nothing happened. I mean... Victorian era, but no, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's the colon- Those, those are the the guys who fought the British, right? That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Listen, I consider they- anything pre-pants on women. <laughs> like, before At least we in- invented jeans, I'm like, I didn't. Uh, that's colonial days. <laughs> At least in your mind, the Civil War never happened, so that's cool. Well, it did. It, went, it, it goes colonial days, Civil War, Wild West, 1970s. Jesse, I don't mean to shit in your ice cream. I don't mean to shit in your ice cream, but jeans were invented in like 1849. See, blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so, um, in May or June of 1892, it's a very scientific paper we wrote here, Andrew Borden uses a hatchet oh, you missed, to... You, you missed, uh, so in April 19... Oh, uh, April, April 1892, according to Hannah Gifford, uh, Fall River cloak maker and town busybody, apparently. Shut the fuck up. Stop telling people stories. Uh, Lizzie tells Gifford that Abby is a mean old thing. So, which back in the, I don't know if anybody knows this, but that is actually the C word for 1890s. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, it's that a raging bad thing. cheese. But it actually, <laughs> like, again, a lot of this stuff is important, and you'll hear it again uh, shortly. Okay, um, May of June 1892, Andrew Borden uses a hatchet to kill pigeons in the family barn. Okay, time out. How big are these fucking pigeons that he was able to hit them with a hatchet? And how dumb were these pigeons that they weren't like, hey, that guy with the shop thing's coming towards us. Let's go uh, Let's go away from him. He ate a lot of bread. How does he... Do were they want, in a cage? Do you, I mean, do you want the answer? Well, it's the same way you always do. You hold out bread. Yeah. And when they get close, you fucking smack so them the, with a hammer, and then you go... <laughs> and then you have Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then you so, have Quincy Thanksgiving. Um, Lizzie, Lizzie Borden, uh, again... Ooh. I'm yeah. just kidding. We use seagulls. Uh, so Lizzie Borden was actually a huge, huge <laughs> proponent of animal rights. She loved animals. Um, and these were actually pigeons that uh, were injured, and she was nursing them back to health. The problem is is that local kids would actually break into the barn and like, f- like let the pigeons loose, or they would like break into the barn and, and fuck, then fuck the things. pigeons. 
And so in order to stop the sad. kids yes. from going Different into the from my childhood. In order to stop like the local kids from going into the barn, he killed the pigeons. But it what was it, like, it really upset Lizzie Borden because those were like they were her pets. Yeah, no, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's right? insanely fucked up. Yeah, that's. I think that's also the uh, United States government's approach to stopping crime in the Native American tor- territories by just killing the Native Americans. <laughs> so, I guess there was some precedent for that. All right, so July twenty-one. 1892. Following a family disagreement, Lizzie and Emma Borden leave Fall River and travel to New Bedford, Magical which is all the way to New the Bedford. Only place, the only place worse than New <laughs> Fall River is New Bedford. Oh. It's like you want to go to like a worse place than that. I don't know. I've been to, I've been to East Providence. <laughs> <laughs> That's like leaving Compton to get stranded in the middle of the desert. You're just like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's a new set of problems. Problems nonetheless. Hey, do you want to go to a place that's like Fall River but smells like whale testicles? <laughs> Hop on the tram with me. Let's go. August 2nd, 1892, Abby and Andrew Borden awaken, complaining of stomach sickness. Abby visits Dr. Bowen. She suggests that she might have been poisoned, but Dr. Bowen is skeptical because uh, she uh, he thought she was a witch, actually. I, uh, again, so <clears throat> in this point in time, uh, the family had mutton stew every day for five days in a row. I don't know if you've uh, thought about August in Massachusetts. Uh, Jesse, just so you know, they didn't have refrigerators back then. I, you know, I, I, I'm glad. I was going to be weirded out if you guys were like, they had a fridge. And I was like, get out of here. <laughs> so actually, they ate mutton stew five days in a row at this point, uh, including up until August 4th. Um, and the doctor was like, oh, no, you've got what's called summer sickness, or what we'd refer to today as food poisoning. Because you're a fucking moron, and you don't eat meat products that have been sitting on your stove for five days. Yeah. You don't eat meat products that have been sitting on your stove for a day. <laughs> I do. Hours. I mean, I, I would. Hours? That's your threshold? When you wake yeah. up the next morning and the meat lover meat lovers pizza still yeah, on the stove, you're going to eat it. that's cooked. I don't assume they cooked no, no, all no, no, of it. No. The mutton stew is cooked, too. Yeah, the mutton okay. stew is cooked. It just spoils because, you know. Wait, time out. What do you think stew is? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought it was one of those, like, you know, those uh, perpetual stews. <laughs> it's not fucking cereal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, moving All right. along. It kind of guys... is meat cereal. <laughs> no, wh- wh- <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> what is mutton stew? Like, do you know? It's, it's lamb. It's yeah, lamb. Okay. Yeah, okay. Mutton. yeah, mutton is lamb and, like, okay. you know. Vegetables and all that ah, shit. It's just okay. like stew, but it, you know, it's I thought it was a facial hair. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. No, I thought I, that he was, was putting his hair in the stew. Sure. No, no, no. You're yeah, absolutely yeah. right. It's a good question okay. to ask. Mutton's cool. actually kind of a weird word. I don't know if uh, I don't know if everybody knows because we don't use the term really mutton. Is now, that well, like they also like they also where, like mutton chops came from, right? Because they're probably the same shape as like the, the like, yeah, 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 yeah. All exactly, right, all right, cool. exactly. They also ate tasty cakes that day. Tasty cakes? Yeah, I don't know if it was actually tasty cakes. I forget the word they used, but there was like. Fresh fruit in some type I'm of I'm willing cake. to guarantee whatever cake they made back then was probably like some horrible thing that you had to crack open and pull like <laughs> animals out of. Yeah, I would say probably. I mean, just it's probably another word for like eggshell bread. And just a couple years earlier, Delicious. they killed that French girl for talking about cakes. That's true. <laughs> that was like Different five, scenario. That was like though? five years before the Bourne murders, right? Something like that. Yeah. 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 You, I, I have some books you can have. <laughs> He's never read or, them. Or, 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 or um, you're holding an iPhone, so... You um, need to go on the internet. All the world's knowledge <laughs> is in your pocket. Maybe try and use some of it. I don't really do books. 
<laughs> I just kind of get the or, gist of it and interpret the rest. Or knowledge. He just Wikipedia.org. He just calls his phone the porn square. <laughs> it's a rectangle, well, bro. What else it's a rectangle. Can it do? All right. Um, so, August 3rd, 1892, AM. Is there a time or are we just going to go with AM? It's in, it was in the morning of that day. Okay. All right, you were abbreviating. It's my bad. I should have picked up on the cue. Lizzie reportedly tries unsuccessfully to buy some poison. <laughs> She's putting the, hosp- the horse before the cart. Yeah, struggle. She tries to buy some poison after everyone is sick. Uh, to from Eli Bench at Dr. Smith Drugstore. I love the, old the poison drugstore was, names. The poison was actually to uh, help clean um, some uh, shawls that they had, like. Uh, yeah, you know what? Arsenic is really it's, good. No, at it's, it wasn't stuff. actually. It wasn't actually like poison. It, it had a different. Shawls, stains. It was like it was like grandmothers. A, it was like a cleaner that. It was like a, it was like a cleaner that you would mix with water and. Okay, all right. Wasn't that, that what they would use to make paint green poison. too? Yeah, anyway. arsenic. Yeah. yeah, they would. Uh, they would put it in wallpaper, especially wallpaper and clothing dye. Um, yeah, and it was about like the late 1800s that it was really popular yeah. because before green was really hard to get. And so they would have to use arsenic because that was the cheapest way to make green. Because the, the the real way to make it, it would fade very quickly in the sunlight. <coughs> Man, right. what a time to be alive, huh? Yeah, just free <laughs> fucking arsenic everywhere. Yeah. You could buy heroin Poison at the drugstore. Poison store. in the walls. The coke has coke in it. Jesus Christ. That's amazing. What a time. All right. Um, on August 3rd in the afternoon or evening. Was it, is it afternoon or evening? evening. Okay. Uh, e- uh, PM. Nope. John Morse. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> maybe next time use utilize this space bar that's available oh, to you on your keyboard. Do you see how many spaces are in between PM and John Morris? <laughs> this was the original copy you sent me. I printed it directly from the computer. Negative. Go ahead. Yeah, negative. He was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should put a space here so it doesn't fuck it up, but I won't tell him I did it. PM... Afternoon, evening <laughs> time. John Morse arrives, also inventor of Morse code, for a stay with the Bordens. I'm going to get it right eventually. I'm going to find the Morse who did it. <laughs> Samuel, maybe, but go on. <laughs> the, rest they were, sh- the rest of the show will they be They were Morse cousins. Code. Fuck you. Um, anyway, he visits. Nope, Lizzie. Lizzie visits Alice Russell. What the fuck is. All right. Who cares about this John Morse asshole then? Lizzie visits Alice Russell to talk forebodingly about household activities like pooping with the door open or something. She says she fears poisoning and that her father has enemies and that she's been she's seen suspicious characters around the family house. I'm afraid that someone will do something, she says. So John Morse is actually important. That's actually Lizzie's uncle. Um, his Her mom's brother. Her, her biological mom's brother. So uh, that's actually very important. Okay. All right. I was just asking. Okay. Um, let's take a break because this is some dense material. Dense. And we keep getting Much like Jordan's pork rind BMs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you say BMs? The great thing about it is if you don't chew really well, <laughs> it scrapes everything out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like eating a Brillo pad. Jordan's just producing bloody dark matter. <laughs> <laughs> like Nibbler from Futurama. There's a giant hole in the floor because Jordan took a shit. All right. Uh, so we'll on be, that we'll, note, we'll be back. Here's a message from one of our sponsors. Or a 
PSA. God only knows. The Citizen's Guide to the Supernormal. Oh, hi there. Sarge here. You might know me from... Wherever the fuck you know me from. At this point, I mean... Who knows? Anyway, I'm here to talk to you about something that you don't know me from, which is Roll Call Room with Mike and Nick. It's a podcast about police officers from a small Virginia town. And, uh, for some reason they talk a lot about people's buttholes and the terrible things that go into them and come out of them after they die. I guess they also arrest people sometimes. Check it out, Roll Call Room, on iTunes and Google Podcasts, and uh, pretty much wherever else you can find a podcast. That's enough from me. I'm going to shut the fuck up and let you get back to the show. Hello? (laughs) And we call ourselves the aristocrats. See, I can do it too. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually probably the the least offensive thing you've said in the break. (laughs) Oh, man. I, I just said squeeze. I like Hawaiian pizza, and everybody got all up in arms. Fuck you guys. How you squeezed I'm all really that tired of that being controversial. Yeah, I love Hawaiian right? pizza. If you don't like pineapple, there's something wrong with you. Ham, bacon, pineapple, and pizza? I'm okay with it. If you if you don't like pineapple, it's because you don't get a lot of blowjobs. You know what I don't do, though, is I don't do the pizza bones anymore. Pizza, pizza bones? bones? Bones shouldn't be in part of your pizza. You're eating pizza wrong. Everything's got bones. Like the so like the cheese and the toppings are the pizza skin, and then the bones are the crust. I don't eat the bones anymore. I just eat sad pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Somehow. Where did we leave off? August fourth, eighteen ninety-two. There it is. In the morning, <laughs> about seven a.m. Abby, Andrew, and John Morse, who is. Uh, Lizzie's uh, uncle, right, and and Andrew's brother-in-law. They have breakfast. Hopefully, it wasn't mutton soup. Hopefully, they learned that lesson. Afterwards, Moss and Andrew go into the sitting room while Abby begins her house cleaning chores. Bridget Sullivan goes to the backyard to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> so not it was that. mutton. So, My mistake. So can I? I I'm gonna just uh, the old mutton. Uh, stew. Abby goes upstairs to uh, clean the the rooms upstairs. Um, she instructed Bridget to go out and clean the windows. And while she was out cleaning the windows, uh, she felt ill because it was super hot out because it's fucking August. Um, and they had soup for breakfast, which is a weird, weird flex. It's the fifth day in a row that they were eating that gross food, and all of a sudden she just puked. But this is important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, imp- <laughs> All right, that's, it's important to know uh, for later on, so go ahead. So I need to compose myself. I don't know what those sounds are going to sound like before I hit play, so. Moss leaves about 8.45. Libby has a light breakfast. Lizzie. Uh, I don't know why it says Libby, but go ahead. Lizzie has a light breakfast. Because you don't know how to spell? Sure. No, it's autocorrect. It's autocorrect. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Because B is in the same row as Z. It is, actually. And about 9 a.m., a few minutes later, Andrew leaves the home, taking with him some letters that Lizzie asked him to mail. On August, why Why was that important? Because it That's just a keep, thing? Yeah, okay. it is actually a thing. So all these random things that I keep saying that are eventually going to tie in. Yes. August 4th, 1892, 9.30 a.m. Well, why do we have one specific time? <laughs> 
Because this is important to the Somebody looked at their watch. It's, it's important Abby to the Abby goes downstairs to continue a house cleaning goes on the upstairs. second floor. Yep, there it is. Upstairs, not downstairs. Goes up the stairs. Excuse right. me. Well, didn't she go upstairs already? You said she went upstairs. That's how I got fucked up. I'm sorry. People go up and downstairs all the time. Upstairs, downstairs. Right, keep going. Under the stairs. People under the stairs. Great movie. Bing Rain. I like that one. Yeah. Is what that was the kid's that's name? The not, kid's name was Fool, That's right? not Michael Clark Duncan, yeah, right? Yes, so. Ving Rhames is yeah. not Michael Clark Duncan. Got it. But sometimes so Michael racist. Clark Duncan is Ving Rhames. They're two different people. You One married Amorosa. Really, One was in Pulp Fiction. You should be ashamed of yourself. One was in The Green Mile. Go to work on the homes yes, there. Yes, Michael Clark Duncan was in The Green Mile. With a pipe and a blowtorch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Have they ever been in the same movie? Are we sure they're not the same? It would be great if they were in the same movie. Don't can't don't don't make me start missing. Is one of them gonna have to go man. from after? I know he's, he's so sad. Dude. That sucks. It's so sad. He was he was the nice one out of the two of them. I feel like Ving Rhames <laughs> is the kind of guy who'd like beat the shit out of you. Michael Clark Duncan will pick you up afterwards and be like, "I'm sorry, man. You just yeah. You had a face I wanted to punch. You know. Yeah. It's like Javier Bordem and the guy who plays Negan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. They're the same guy. Ving Rhames caused Forrest Whitaker to have Forrest Whitaker eye. <laughs> oh my god! God damn it, Ving! <laughs> Sorry, how'd you do that? He's the only person in the world to simultaneously look high on weed and high on coke. <laughs> <laughs> right. have, you, have you ever seen him and CC Sabathia in the same room? <laughs> Jesus! All right, moving okay. on. He's a Hall of Famer. Good for him. <laughs> Future Hall of Famer. <laughs> Bridget Sullivan is outdoors cleaning windows for the next hour. Sometime during the next hour, Abby Borden is killed in the guest room by 19 hatchet blows to the back of the head. Oh. And uh, one of those was to the spine. So 18 to the head, one to the spine. And that's how they invented Morse code. (laughs) (laughs) How do you... It's spend... (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Dash, dash, dash. Dot, dot, dot. It's actually how you spell cheese in Morse code. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's the same cheese my dad used to. Oh, right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Listen, we all came from cheese. Get used to it. (laughs) All right. August 4th, 1892 at 11 a.m., Andrew Borden returns to the home carrying a small parcel. Bridget Sullivan lets Andrew into the house as she hears a muted laugh from upstairs. Lizzie. Visits her father briefly in the dining room, telling him that Abby has received a message and left the house. Andrew lies down in the sitting room and Bridget goes to rest in her attic room. Andrew Borden is murdered shortly thereafter in the sitting room sofa. Lizzie calls for Bridget, saying someone has killed her father. Lizzie tells a neighbor, Adelaide Church, that uh, yeah, that she had been in the barn looking for irons, sinkers for an upcoming fishing trip. Uh, at the time of the murder, shortly after 11.15, police are notified of the murder. August 4th, 1892, in the afternoon, dozens of police, policemen, yep. troop, in and out of the house. Why'd you, that's a weird word. Dozens of policemen come in and out of the Borden home. Doctors perform a post-mortem on the bodies on the dining room table. One was uh. in the dining room table and one was in the room where uh, she was found. They actually used a portable, um, basically autopsy board. So was it on the, like a board that they put on the table? No, it was a board that they set up that like, like 
Like, picture an ironing board. So why did you write dining room table? Because that's where the father's autopsy was performed. Oh, so th- so they used two different... They were done in two different rooms. So they didn't Simultaneous waste, they didn't autopsies. They didn't waste any time on the autopsies back then. They were just like... Whoosh. No. They just the guy came in with the autopsy Yikes. table, and the guy's like, no, 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 we caught turkey here. It's probably fine. <laughs> Do you think the doc- <laughs> he pulls out the electric, the electric turkey knife. Oh, God. Do you think the two doctors were like, eat your heart out dueling banjos? <laughs> 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 Great movie. I saw the spine first. <laughs> oh, I wonder if there's a wishbone. Didn't we review that movie? <laughs> we One did. point, yeah. twice actually. That um, was for some. What was that for? We didn't appreciate your reenactment. That guy did not see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. It's weird that you use Crisco. I was uncomfortable with it. Lizzie <laughs> speaks in a detached manner. And when Fleet calls Abby her mother, Lizzie insists, she's not my mother. She's my stepmother. Shaun of the Dead reference. August 6, 1892, <laughs> an editorial in the Fall River paper criticized the police for inaction in the Boyden case. Jesus, cut him some fucking slack. It's like two goddamn days. Yep, yeah, exactly. They killed him the fourth. The paper's like, why haven't they found the murderers yet? Uh, because everybody's traveling by fucking foot, you moron. <laughs> there was a trolley back then. We'll get into that, too. Name of my sex tape. Uh, funeral for Andrew and Abby is held in the Borden home. On August 7th, 1892, Emma observes Lizzie burning her blue corduroy dress in the kitchen fire. Emma and... Uh, How do they know Lizzie wasn't just super sick of the vip, vip, vip noise from the corduroy? <laughs> <laughs> Dad's uh, dead. Don't have to wear this piece of the, shit anymore. <laughs> her friend, the dressmaker, um, the, the one that she talked to earlier, um, also observes her burning that dress. That's important, too. But go ahead. Okay. On August 9th through the 11th, 1892, an inquest close to the public is held to consider the murders of Andrew and Abby Borden. On August 11th, Lizzie Borden is arrested by Marshall Hillard. Hilliard. Hilliard? I don't know. The eye might be silent. I don't know. How do eyes work? Are they silent? Eh. Eh. Okay. I got it. August 12th, 1892, Lizzie enters a plea of not guilty. Lizzie is moved to jail in Taunton, eight miles north of Fall River. If you're not from New England, they had to take a train it to looks get there. like Taunton. Hmm. Taunton's only eight miles north of Fall River? Yeah, but they had to take yeah. a train to get there back in the day. There's and a mall and interestingly not enough, yeah. Interestingly enough, Lizzie Borden was the first ever woman uh, accused of capital punishment or a capital crime to be held at the Taunton prison. Wow. Everyone else was requ- was accused of lowercase crimes. They were actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've been arrested for lowercase murder. Uh, there was, at the time, there's only you murdered f- a little person. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, there's only four other women uh, in the prison with her, and all of them were uh, either for public drunkenness or one of them actually attacked their husband. But go ahead. Okay. Also, interesting uh, similarity between Taunton and Tauntaun. Um, they both smell worse on the inside. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. August 12th. Nope. August 22nd to 23rd, 1892. A preliminary hearing is held. Judge Josiah Blaisdell finds that there's probable cause for Lizzie to be tried for murder. November 31st, 1892. Alice Russell tells the grand jury about the visit she received from Lizzie the night before the murders. The grand jury issues an indictment against Lizzie for the murder... Two days later. Yep. June 5th. We're going back in time. No, I'm kidding. 
June 5th, 1893, the trial of Lizzie Borden opens in the New Bedford Courthouse. And Lizzie regrets going back to New Bedford because it's still a terrible place. June 20th, 1893, the jury returns its verdict in the Lizzie Borden trial, not guilty. June 1, 1927, Lizzie Borden uh, dies at the age of 67. Eight days later, her sister Emma dies. Both women were buried in the family burial plot in Oak Grove Cemetery. All right. Jesse and I got some stuff for you now. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's hear what you got. All right. So uh, we're going to go to the trial. Which lasted 15 days. It did. It lasted 15 days. That's a short days. trial. Uh, Back then, it was probably kind of long, right? It was. And the deliberation the deliberation of the trial actually only lasted 10 minutes. But out of respect for Andrew Borden, they stayed sequestered for an hour and a half. Really? Oh. Yeah. Out of respect for Andrew? I don't understand. Uh, out of respect for the dead, they... He didn't make it, so he's not going to know. Right. Out of respect for the dead, though, they stayed in the deliberation room for an hour and a half. Anyway, anyway, uh, so... Um, things about the trial that were interesting. Um, key evidence was thrown out by the judge uh, when it was discovered that uh, Lizzie, since her fa- her father's death, had been given morphine. Um, Before every single interview. <laughs> she was given morphine, and not only was she given morphine, but she was also given a uh, caffeine injection. It's, a, it's basically saline and caffeine. Um, yeah, which it, is basically the most Fall River thing ever. So uh, <laughs> essentially, she was basically on the speedball. All, so they're doing all, that all the now times. with like four loco. Yeah. So um, basically, that's Massachusetts slogan is "We built this city on opiates." <laughs> you know, we have a long history of opiates. Now that I'm hearing this, yeah. Um, and and so the key evidence was thrown out. Uh, there was two pieces of key evidence that they did not allow. Um, one was the coroner's inquest, and the coroner's inquest is actually the grand jury, um, basically the gra- like the grand jury testimony. Uh, it was ruled that Lizzie was never made aware that she was actually under arrest, uh, and so when she was, uh, or that she was also never made aware that she was a suspect, so she didn't have a lawyer present, and because she wasn't afforded the opportunity to have a lawyer present, they threw any testimony they or any. Uh, evidence that they collected from that inquest out. The thing that was interesting about the inquest is she kept changing her story. Uh, she couldn't get it straight where she was in the house, mm-hmm. what she was doing. As Jesse will tell you, <laughs> the the repetitive morphine yeah, made her super inconsistent because she was high all the goddamn time. I have to ask, though, um, there were some rumors that I had read about that Lizzie had some uh, disabilities. You mean the fact that she looked like Miss Trunchbull from Matilda? <laughs> Miss Trunchbull was way hotter than Lizzie. Um, you shut your goddamn mouth. Lizzie, Lizzie actually, uh, so Miss I heard, the I mean heard one. that Lizzie had some learning disabilities. No, not at no. all. She no. actually, she dropped out of school, but she was an avid reader. She had a lot of books. She loved to read. But that doesn't mean she doesn't have some kind of disability. No, she. What was, if she? What if she was on? She was you know, very. She was actually very smart. Uh, she was very, uh, like. I, I, other yeah, lots of serial killers are smart too. It other than the fact that she dropped out of school, she could read, write, and do. I mean, okay. she had no disabilities right. in that. This in is that, that they, they knew of at the time. This is when they invented vibrators for you know treating Hysteria. mental illness. Yeah. Like so. I mean, uh, it, to be fair, um, she, you seem she, grumpy. Get in here. To be fair, uh, all the evidence <laughs> also points to Lizzie. You know. Having certain interests that back then would be like, this is witchcraft and mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> or you become a midwife. 
I mean, just so you can be around she, more vaginas. Yeah. Uh, she also, and this was something that I learned on the tour today, uh, during this time was on her period. And the baby's so, crowning me too. <laughs> Yuck. Um, they they talk about how she was on her period during this time too. Holy shit! And, and th- this was <laughs> these fucking backwards ass hillbillies in the in the tour that they they talk about how she was on her period and that they uh, I forget how they referred to it. But how it did was, they approach that topic? They come in the house and they're like, "So is Aunt Flo here too?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was. It, we'd see, like we'd like to speak with. I her, see please. your parents are dead. My stepmother. Oh, you definitely. Are <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> well, I see he was clearly killed in the bathroom and then moved to the couch. Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> that was a different problem. Um, Heavy flow week. What are you but, gonna do? But so they they treated like they treated sometimes um, a woman's period as a mental. That's insane yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, no, it was yeah. bad. So anyway, um, so look how far we've come. Now it's just really expensive to buy tampons. Super cheap to buy men's razors, though. Yikes. Yeah, kind of bullshit. Um, called the women's tax. It's true. Men's men's razors, like black shitty razors that you can buy at Walmart, are like a dollar ninety nine. Women's razors, the exact same shit, but colored pink, are more expensive. It's absurd. So they also don't give them pockets in their jeans. That's one thing yeah, I know. Yeah, why don't, <laughs> don't women have normal pockets? I know they have small hands, but Jesus fucking Christ, they're not that small. Good places to put things. I take my wife to concerts, and I'm like, hey, can you put this in your pocket? And she's like, no, I can't even put my hand in my pocket. I'm like, great. I just carry my, <laughs> my cell phone in my hand the whole night. And yours, apparently. I don't know what to do without pockets. So, um, so they. That was ruled the last the time I wore women's jeans to a concert. Anyway, they ruled the inquest testimony. Uh, um, they ruled the inquest testimony uh, unadmissible because of the fact that she had been drugged when she had given it, and that she didn't realize that she was a suspect at the time that uh, they had taken her into custody for this. The other di- big defeat was that they uh, discounted the testimony of the druggist Eli Bence in his recount of the story. Uh, for her looking for the, the poison, um, uh, which is called prussic acid, um, because they... Uh, I like that back then, it wasn't called, like, gain. It was, like, clothes acid. Hey, you got a deep stain here. Use this, use this poison with a skull on it. It's like trying to like purchase bleach tablets for the laundry, and they're like, "Well, he tried to poison his family." <laughs> <laughs> so um, after he's gonna drop this in a cup of ammonia and then run out of the house with the doors closed. The jury was excused. The judge, li- the judges listened to um, druggist experts, and they concluded that uh, because there was no poison found in the the bodies after the autopsy report, they couldn't use that testimony from the druggist. I mean, I know I made her. jokes earlier, but how good was the science? Like, how good? Would they have been able to test their bodies? I gotta be honest. I can't say that. I can't say that it was very good. I mean, I've seen the autopsy photos. It's like, I mean, up until uh, up until, I don't know. I, I want to say within the last maybe hundred years, you, you couldn't test for arsenic poisoning. Yeah. So. Wait, you can now. Yeah, yeah. When you cut somebody open after you poison it with arsenic, you can smell almonds. Apparently. I need to go home. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, so uh, those two peak. Those two key pieces were thrown out. Um, it made it really hard for uh, the prosecution to uh, prove reason beyond a reasonable doubt, 
which is why she was eventually let off okay. the hook, is they couldn't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that she committed the murders. Um, there's a lot of stuff that points to Lizzie Borden. Um, the fact that she was burning a dress. Um, so we talked about she was burning the dress. Her sister saw her do it. And the fact that she kept licking an axe blade. That was well, weird. What's interesting is when the police were doing their investigation, they didn't find any bloody hatchet. They didn't find any bloody dress, no blood spatter on any of her dresses. And when you consider that wearing a dress back then was fucking miserable, she would never have been able to get out of that dress uh, by the time... Yeah, because the only well, like, she what, also maybe ten minutes had passed between well, the murder. Well, she also and ran to the neighbor's house like almost immediately after yeah. finding so her father. So the other thing that's really interesting is when the police and the doctor came in, Andrew Borden, his body was still warm and he, the, the, he was still bleeding. It was fresh blood. But wouldn't it have been possible for her to cover whatever she was wearing with the blue corduroy dress? No. So the blue corduroy dress that she was, she was wasn't even wearing a blue corduroy dress. She was wearing a blue dress that I day. I know. That's what I'm saying. Is she took but, the corduroy dress and covered herself like an apron, maybe. And I'm just spe- speculating. Obviously, I don't know. But she she could have taken that blue corduroy dress if it was big enough, covered what she was wearing, hacked a dad to death, taken rolled up the dress, and then the mess is cleaned up. But the back so the, then it was like you ever see uh, like I'm like, not saying she was wearing it. I'm saying she just covered no. I'm saying back it. then getting clothes on and off was kind of like getting dressed in a movie Batman suit. Yeah, like, yeah. It takes twenty what, minutes. But I'm saying she so, just like, she right, just I'll be right back. She could have just draped the dress. The problem over her with front. your theory. The problem with your theory is the house was searched uh, and turned upside down. Mm-hmm. From what it was explained to me today, it was uh, searched so well that they actually had pulled the dress that had the paint on it out of the closet seen that it had the paint on it and put it back in the closet because they didn't find it uh, necessary to note. I wonder how they tested it because they didn't have like a lot of chemistry So back what's, then. what's interesting about Some this is actually... He's like, no, 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 this tastes like Austin. The it's day fine. she bought the dress, she ran out of the store that the dress that she, wearing the dress to show Emma and when she did, she actually touched wet paint and she ruined the dress the day she bought it. Oh, God damn. So when she burned it, it was like this time I got a suit and I had drank the night before. It was the first time I put it on and I farted. I shouldn't have trusted it, you know. When she burned the dress, <laughs> what was what was interesting about that is this woman Alice Russell Same thing, saw I had her. Had to burn it. Alice Russell saw her uh, burning the dress. Told her lawyer about it, and then turned on Lizzie and said, "I saw her burning this blue dress." That's how the the prosecution found out about it after the trial. Uh, she never talked to Alice Russell again. Because well, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, talk she to snitches get stitches, ratted. motherfucker. Yeah, so... Um, Especially if you don't kill your parents. That's just fucked up. So, um, one of the really shocking things about the trial is after they did the first autopsy, they did a second autopsy at the cemetery. They uh, removed the heads from the bodies and took the skulls into court to use as evidence. So when they had presented the evidence and they had asked um, about a hatchet that was found in the basement, the hatchet was not blood covered, but they found it in the basement and they asked if it could be the possible murder weapon. He took the father's skull and he took the hatchet and he placed it inside one of the, the wounds. It fit perfectly and actually Lizzie fainted at the time. They had to stop the trial um, and uh, allow her to recover before they could go on with the trial. Yeah, but honestly, like fainting... 
back then isn't going to do anything for me because their clothes were so tight and weird because they had to wear the corsets as well with their dresses. Women faked it all the time. That was normal. Well, and just think if she didn't do it and there, the, her, they brought her father's skull and put a hatchet in exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I, what overwhelming. I guess what I'm trying to say is it was a known fact that women in the late 1800s wore corsets made out of whalebone, and they would pass out because they couldn't get enough oxygen because their clothes were so restricting. So if she was already nervous and then somebody pulls out a skull, she's going to faint whether she fucking killed the guy or not. Um, not, I mean, not necessarily, but, I mean, it's possible. It's a possibility. So, so um, more interesting things about the trial. Uh, the jurors, there was, there was an all-male jury. Women weren't allowed to be jurors back then. They were obviously all white, and uh, this helped Lizzie get off um, because. <laughs> Did she so have hysteria at the time? They didn't. The way you perked up. <laughs> well, that was, but that was part of the reason that you know the hysteria was part of the reason they suspected her of the murders in the first place because of the bleeding. And yeah, the, yeah. Of course. So, uh, what's really interesting about this part of the trial? <laughs> like how you called it the bleeding. Right, well, <laughs> So what's really interesting she had a menses. about this part of the trial is the jurors uh, looked at her record. She was an animal lover. She protected animals. She was a, she was actually a founding member of the uh, Fall River Animal Rescue League, um, which still operates to this day and actually still receives money from her estate to this day. Wow. Um, she was part of the women's uh, temperance movement responsible for prohibition. Oh, well, fuck her. She then. was uh, a <laughs> She Sunday. deserves everything that happened to she her. She was a Sunday school teacher. Um, she was very big in the community, and she was actually also part of the women's suffrage movement. Uh, Lizzie Borden was... Was she still a Sunday school teacher after the murders happened? Because um, from what I understood well, of her story, she was kind things, of a pariah. Things kind of changed after that. Well, but, that's what I'm saying. So so she was, she was found not guilty, but all these things and the fact that she was a woman... Uh, the men didn't think she would be strong enough or have the uh, strength to destroy the skulls the way they were. So, uh, anything you picked interesting out of the trial? Uh, the uncle who was dismissed as a like a, as a suspect, he was apparently one of those business partners with Andrew Borden, and they were having a deal that was in the process of going sour. And he stayed in the room that Mrs. Borden was killed in the night before. And just, they were immediately like, oh, he couldn't have done it. So but the where reason, was he when the murders happened? Uh, this know? is where I'm going to go. Okay. So uh, he actually had left that day. He had taken the letters from Lizzie and had gone to mail them. Um, it is believed that he was not out of the house at the time. He had a really, really strong alibi. He was a white English Protestant. And... This is important because he knew the names of six Irish priests, Irish Catholic priests that were on a trolley that he took to the post office. He knew the number on the trolley, the number on the conductor's hat. He knew the conductor's name. He knew um, how long exactly in time it took him to get from point A to point B and walk around town and do everything he had to do. Jesus Christ, that seems more suspicious. What he couldn't remember was what he had for breakfast that day. Yeah, that's a problem. Right. So, so uh, 
the other thing that's really suspicious about John Morse showing up was he showed up without any luggage, wearing the suit that he had, and he was also a butcher uh, in uh, was in charge of cattle. So he actually slaughtered cattle for a living. Okay. Um, one of the things that is suspected is that he may have actually been able to carry out these murders uh, due to his slaughtering of cattle. Well, uh, one of the things that they talk about to discredit the fact that this wasn't a crime of passion was when you get that adrenaline flowing, you're more likely to miss your target. All of the blows, with the exception of the one to uh, Abby's spine, were directly onto the head without uh, any misses. Um, all the blows to Andrew Borden were all to his face, no missing. So my question, though, is clothes was still elaborate for men back then. Not necessarily. He had a waistcoat, he had a shirt, but if he was a butcher, it's not unlikely that a butcher could go to a store and be like, hey, I need a new shirt, I got blood on this one, I was butchering cattle. Also, okay. he didn't show up completely empty-handed, Jordan. Right. What did he have with him? He uh, didn't have any luggage, but... He had, the, he had his butchering tools. What a weird fucking thing to bring with you somewhere. So, um... Like, my dad's a carpenter. He doesn't bring his tools on vacation. Also, if you're just going based off things that are widely known, people who are able to kill animals or do it in their younger age. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Whereas Lizzie Borden spent her entire life making sure animals are not harmed and are protected. Yeah, but at the same time, there's a a number of cases of serial killers who had pets that they were absolutely beloved to them but had no problem slaughtering a human being. So that doesn't really stand up. If you recall the land deal that went sour... Earlier in the in the timeline, uh, it was actually a land deal where the land was sold to um, Andrew's sister-in-law from his current wife Abby, and it was land that Emma had wanted. Emma was the sole heir to all of the estate from Andrew Borden once Abby and Andrew were dead, uh, and it stands to reason that she may have paid the uncle from the estate to carry out the crime. Uh, afterwards, she split the money evenly, the estate evenly, with Lizzie. I mean, it would make sense because he's the brother of his wife. He's not so, related to him at all. So, Also, if it was someone who hated the mother, she was killed not facing the person. Like She, she actually, was killed from behind. Yeah, so... And whereas Andrew was killed face-to-face with the killer, whereas the he, uncle well, he had was a asleep. problem with Andrew... So, he was asleep okay. on the couch. Okay. He was killed while he was sleeping, but she was killed. Um, she was the, there was no signs of forced entry, and she knew the killer also because she was comfortable. She was comfortable enough with them um, <laughs> that she could turn the back, turn her back on on the killer. Um, what's really also interesting is the police were really so bad at this time. They actually had doctored the crime scenes before they took photos. So uh, that wasn't terribly uncommon back then, though. Because they would stage crime scenes at times. No, no, no. This wasn't staged. They fixed uh, Abby's dress because Victorian women had to. Re- you wouldn't yeah. photograph somebody who wasn't proper. But that's what I'm saying. So they, they doctored the crime scene. Yeah, right. But yes, they weren't like they didn't move the bodies. Do we have a lot more to go? Because we're we're at 30 minutes. Do we need to take another break and then come back? Um, I would say we could probably finish it up in. 
one more segment. Yeah. Just like okay. Quick, quick okay. Segment. All right. So yeah, let's take one more break. We'll. Uh, this is a long episode. We'll throw to no- throw together another commercial and then we'll come back. All right. All right. The Citizens Guide to the Supernormal. Oh hi there again. It's it's uh, still, Saj. I, partial editing duties this week. So uh, I want to remind you about our Patreon account. Now, I know it seems like ridiculous to give us money for a show you get for free. However, it's not free to make. It actually costs us some money. And we just updated some of our tiers, so you're going to get some cool shit if you give us some money. If you're not comfortable with just giving us money monthly, uh, I I get it. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like you're my sugar daddy. You can also give us money on Venmo or Cash App. Our goal right now is to film an episode of uh, Maintenance Roundtable slash Citizen's Guide to the Supernormal in a haunted mill down in Rhode Island, but that's going to cost us a little bit of cash. So anything you could give would help us. If you go to my Twitter page at Bastard Profit and click on the link that says All My Links, you can find Venmo, Cash App, and Patreon. Whatever you feel most comfortable giving money to, we'll still get you whatever tiers we have on Patreon. Thank you for listening to this commercial and not fast-forwarding. I love you. I would give you a hug and a kiss if I could, but uh, given that this is an audio medium, kind of loses something in the translation. Um, I guess I could probably sing Unchained Melody for you if you want, um, but I don't recommend listening to that. You know what? I'm just going to let you go back to the show now. Thank you! So, uh, where we left off. So, uh, we were talking about um, suspects. Right, and John Morris was, was a suspect in everything. Everything about him points to the fact that he could have done this. Especially the waistcoat. I don't trust a guy in a waistcoat. Yeah. Well, what's really, um, what's really crazy about John Morris, after he was cleared uh, of being a suspect, he went back uh he he went back west where he was from um i'm gonna i don't forget exactly what state he lived in um not massachusetts no so but western he, he right he he, mo- he was out of massachusetts so western expansion had ended it is still going okay because yeah, I mean, this you're kind of at the point where california is is getting real big all right so someone fell in the water and was like well i guess that's over he <laughs> he on to guam he Hawaii. left uh, he left Fall River. He went back home, and after this point in time, he never ever once came back to the East Coast. Never to visit his nieces. Okay. Never to do anything. He he stayed where he was. Never came. I back. mean, I don't blame him if his only check. if his only encounter with Massachusetts is New Bedford and Fall River. I wouldn't come back either. So again, it's there. One of the theories <laughs> he is was that like, listen, I stayed at my cousin-in-law's place with his morphined-out daughter. Yeah. This whole um, place smells like whale blubber. I'm not coming back. Indiana's looking pretty good right now. The bears smell the hysteria. They called liquor stores package stores. You can't even buy a package there. <laughs> um, so it's it's so one of the popular theories, uh, if Lizzie didn't do it, is that Emma uh, convinced the uncle to do it so they could run the estate. Um, when everything was said and done, the money from the estate was split between Lizzie and Emma. And they actually still lived together afterwards. They bought Maplecroft. 
which is uh, a couple. So it was like miles a designing women situation. Well, which is which was a couple of miles away from Annie um, Potts and Delta Burke, just the, hanging out the home where they would. But live. like one of them was Charles Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Menendez brothers. <laughs> anyway, um, but where's it tennis? Right, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so um, after this, they lived a pretty lavish lifestyle. Uh, they liked to travel. Well, fuck yeah. I mean, if my dad wouldn't even put pipes in the house, <laughs> and then I suddenly come down with money. Um, Lizzie, Lizzie loved to travel. She loved the theater. She went um, and she hung out with actors and actresses. She went and saw plays in all different states. So she's uh, essentially she to, the Kim Kardashian of her day. And she ended up, used to, she used to bring people back to the house, back to Maplecroft, and like? throw parties. Um, <laughs> she Jesus wore two-butt pants. <laughs> You ever you put cottage cheese in a Ziploc? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is where this is where it's theorized that they had their falling out. So uh, Lizzie used to throw parties. The parties became like what we would know like as sexy like, parties, like ragers. Like they would go on for days. Good days for her. On you ever have that one roommate where you came where you come home and you're like, oh, I didn't know 200 people knew where I lived. <laughs> Uh, there's like yes, 200. Mark made a few there's like calls. 200 people who listen to this podcast that now have your phone number too, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be a way to blank that. Did she have, did, so, did she have sexy I'm parties? Not changing it. She, she did have sexy parties. <laughs> 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 so um, it's been a long episode. We liven the people up. So during a sexy party, <laughs> one actress that Lizzie was particularly close with, who came to a lot of her parties. Uh, it's theorized that Emma walked in on Lizzie and this one actress uh, in mid... In flagrante? Right. Yes. And the love and that dare not speak its name. And while Emma would tolerate real hatchet wounds. <laughs> God damn it. Oh my God. This Yikes. would not stand. <laughs> well, she and was an actress, so I believe back then they called it the weeping eye. <laughs> After this, Emma moved out, and they never talked again but, um, until they died. So, uh, and, and then obviously, they died nine days apart. But sounds um, to me that Emma just didn't like sex. Maybe she was just not into it. Maybe she was, you know, spinstery. Well, the reason that the reason that Lizzie was a spinster is because she had. Uh, no, no, she well, was. The, their she was, father yeah. wouldn't let them go to social gather. Like they weren't allowed to do anything that wasn't like a church event. Right. Like Lizzie did still like contribute to the arts and stuff like that, but she was never. No one was ever allowed to hang out with them because he was like, "It's a waste of time and money. Why would I let you go to what part people?" So then they turn thirty and they're seen as spinsters, so they can't get married and they also can't live alone. It's weird. That's also how I feel about people. That's um, a waste of time. Why would I hang out with? Most people. people. Another get person. Drunk at home. Another person they suspected of of the the murders was actually the maid Bridget. Um, this was quickly. Uh, she was mad about the mutton soup. Still, you never. Well, trust it was, a it was quickly. Bridget. It was quickly discounted <laughs> because she was seen outside. Yeah. Uh, Can't confirm. She was seen outside with the neighbor's maid um, at the time that. Uh, was it another Lizzie Borden and the actress situation, or were they just hanging out? Uh, actually, she was. She so. It's a good band name. Lizzie when Borden and the when actress. Bridget was sick outside and she had thrown up, the other maid was actually comforting her. Uh, I imagine was would have been like what we refer to today as like holding her hair back, <laughs> but <laughs> because the hair was pinned up back then, it was more like rubbing her back, telling her it's going to be okay, and offering her a breath mint. Because um, yeah, they had those weird bonnet things. Yeah. So. Um, 
it was it was quickly discounted that she was a part of this. Uh, also because the Bordens treated her very well. She didn't have to pay for her room like most servants did back then. And uh, she was paid very well. Um, the equivalent of like $120 a week t- today. But back then, that was a lot of money for a servant. So, um, Well, yeah, because bread cost a penny. You could get five-day-old mutton soup for like two cents. It was rumored that there was a strange man seen uh, around the house. Uh, that it was somebody who um, was a tenant of Andrew Borden's because he owned rental properties, um, who he had removed and stiffed on, um, stiffed on a on a on a deal for money, um, and he was trying he to get revenge. Everything he could to make enemies. He he's like, he's kind of like <laughs> he was like the Donald Trump of his day, where he just like was like, I'm going to have you do work for me, and then I'm not going to pay you. So. Yeah, and you're just going to go away. <laughs> uh, yeah. which is why he had so much money. Um, he well, was yeah, because he never paid anyone for anything. Right. Except um, for his maid for no reason. Which is why his head wound up looking like a pumpkin after some shitty kids roll through your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, so, after all that's discounted, I mean, obviously this is an unsolved murder. Everybody still assumes Lizzie did it. Um, Lizzie, her, her character actually still stands today. I mean, obviously, she... One fun thing I did find out is that, which is, again, perfectly that shitty kids stay the same no matter, like, what era it is. The, like, Lizzie and Emma's house was egged constantly. That's, like, a fact that was yeah. made in this thing. They just, I'm going to be honest with you. At, like, 12 years old, though, I probably would have egged that house. Too. There was actually a, also a neighborhood kid who Lizzie, like, looked out for. He was picked on a lot. Lizzie looked out for him. And, and she's what, like, look, if anyone gives you any shit, I have an axe in the Well, basement. when the neighborhood kids would actually chase him, he would run into her house and he would he would taunt them from the windows and be like, you're not going to come into the woman's house who who murdered her parents. Yahtzee. Yeah. I like, bet you Lizzie kind of liked that, though. She's like, all right, well, at least some good came of my fucking terrible uh, reputation. Also, what I found out that, that the rhyme, do you want to talk about? Well, so the rhyme was actually uh, developed. The rhyme was created by a newspaper columnist. Oh, I thought it was just the shitty kids no, outside our window. No, the a newspaper columnist um, had created the rhyme, and it, Lizzie, um, Lizzie Borden. I forget what the, how the rhyme goes. It was Lizzie, Lizzie Borden, Borden had an axe. Yeah, okay. She gave her mother forty wax, right. and when she saw what she had done, she gave her father forty one. Right. So oh. that was way more catchy than Lizzie Borden had hit her mother in the face <laughs> with nineteen blows to the head. Lizzie Borden took a hatchet. Had a swing no one could match. We got to find something besides action. <laughs> right, right. Um, it was like Casey at bat. Uh, and then um, there's no joy in Fall River ever, really. <laughs> Casey Anthony had a son. Oh, Who's best oh, okay. at yeah, what? No, right. You said Casey. We were doing. I thought we were making rhymes. Yeah, you you. Uh, there's a line. <laughs> Is that there's a line suck. here? Almost I'm had a sorry. spit take. Oh, boy. Yeah, and the line was just crossed a lot. I'm going <laughs> to grape you in the mouth. Never trust a woman named Casey from Florida is all I'm saying. All right, so... Um, but well, anyway, really so... Really, any woman from this Florida. Is, the irony is I'm a water sign. No, oh, it's not cute. <laughs> it's not cute. <laughs> oh, no. All right, uh, so... Why um, did we have you on this show? I knew this was going to fucking happen. Listen, I was told two rules. Don't make any jokes about pet doctors and no jokes about grapes. <laughs> <laughs> I was told no grape jokes and I won't be making them. 
Oh. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> now he's whining about it. All right, so the house is supposedly haunted. I couldn't... I'm just kidding. I couldn't find anything <laughs> about that. I, I didn't feel anything when I was there. Neither did she. Yeah, um, that's also the name of my sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, supposedly the, the house is haunted. Um, Andrew we'll talk Borden, to the name of my sex tape is, is it in yet? Andrew Borden uh, affects women more than he affects men in, in the hauntings, which is interesting because, you know, he's... I guess just because he's got the vibrator that he's been using to try to fix his broken daughter for. Yikes! I've gone through. I've gone through uh, a bunch of stuff here. There's a, a ton of stuff that we didn't get to, um, like the the stuff like um, the defense used where she was in the she was in the shed, or yeah. the the barn looking for the irons to make the sinkers, but. Um, they had actually had workers in the barn. Uh, so the police had said there's no way that anybody could have been in the barn because the dust on the loft was not disturbed. And the workers in the barn were eating But there were workers. They so were weird. workers. They proved that there were workers in the barn the day before during the trial. Okay. And there was still dust that had settled where the workers had been. So um, they couldn't prove that she wasn't in the loft. It was there was a, a there's a, a ton of stuff. I mean, this is a, actually a long. A lot of information that we tried to break down into one episode, so I'm sorry that it's 137,000 minutes. It's worth it. It's worth it because it's an interesting story. Lizzie Borden is a legend around here. I don't know. Infamous in in the town of Fall River will not advertise for the Lizzie Borden residence. Uh, And they're actually, so the Borden family has just bought Maplecroft back and they've restored it. It's an Airbnb. Uh, the town of Fall River will not let them run it as a bed and breakfast or let them run it as a museum yet because they are still have this huge stigma around Lizzie Borden. There's no signs anywhere um, that... Which is just fucking absurd when you yeah, think about it. Because their mayor's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that matter guy. Jaisal Correa. I saw somebody's fucking yard sign for Jaisal Correa today and I was like, really, Fall River... You want to support the guy who's being indicted under federal racketeering charges? Come on. Well, um, I, let me just remind you one more time. It is Fall River. Right. And no, our family right. did own a restaurant there. And so our own personal experience with that crooked motherfucking town is uh, we owned a restaurant in Fall River. And uh, some tough guys came up from Providence. And they were of a certain boot-shaped persuasion. And uh, they came up to my grandfather and told him that uh, they were going to put a cigarette machine in his restaurant right after his wife died of lung cancer. And uh, our grandfather was like, no, no, you're not going to do that. And they were like, yeah, we are. We're going to put it in your restaurant. And he's like, no, you're not. He's like, my wife just died of lung cancer. I'm 70 years old. I'm not afraid of you. You could put that fucking machine outside in front of my store, but you're not going to put it inside my store. And these fucking punch and Judy, Judy nobodies from fucking Providence were like, okay, yeah, that's fine. We'll put it outside instead. <laughs> the fucking Providence mob. <laughs> Goddamn joke. Selling cigarette singles. Kind of like a guy who used to run our old thing that we don't talk about much no, anymore. Remember when he like did stuff for us? And then we found the picture of him in high school, and he looked like he was a cig- uh, Selling single cigarettes. That, that old misguided attempt at a podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Selling Lucy's. Yeah, he was. That's what he looks like. He looked like he was selling Lucy's. Remember we made the memes and he got really Until mad. a fall of a police officer ignored his cries of I can't breathe. 
Oh, oh Jesse. God damn it, Jesse. Well, you said, you said Lucy's. The only s- reason that we're not even going to get mad is because you have flag. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, anything you want to add? Anything, is, anything? You got, you got anything to plug? About. Let's talk about your YouTube one more time. Uh, yeah, you can check me out at youtube.com slash jesse miles, and I, I don't know. I'm happy to he do He performs this. all over the place. Jesse's just excited because he did a lot of research for this song. He did a good job. He did a damn good job. You both did. <laughs> I this haven't podcasted with you guys probably the best well-researched podcast we've done. I wouldn't say best, but most well-researched it's for sure. a lot of information, and I'm pl- I'm, if you guys have stuck with us, thank you so much for sticking yeah, with us. Yeah, shoot us an email um, if you have any questions. Jordan will be happy to answer This was definitely them. a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. <laughs> Maynard, thoughts on the episode? Anything you want to add? Anything you want to question? I, I No, I was just thoroughly entertained. I don't ever think we're actually going to know who committed the murders. It sure sounds like Really? She- You're the one who doesn't have a theory on who killed her? Who killed the parents? Look, you're just trying to get me to say yetis, and I don't. No, I was going to say Jack uh, the Ripper. No. I was no. going to say Puck. Do you know, actually, um, th- this is only the uh, second time that uh, photography had been used in a capital crime uh, oh. to, to document the evidence. The first time was the Jack the Ripper case. So Boom. Just yeah, interesting. Nah. Super, super interesting fact that I learned today yes. that I forgot to share with the group. I'm just more fascinated by it. More All right, than well. Than anything. Sarge, what do you got? Anything you want to add? So I'm not going to no, pollute no, it with I'm, my theories. I'm not going to fuck it up. This was a great show. Great research, you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Uh, and you know what? Just for old time's sake, Jesse, why don't you take us out? You're welcome, and we're sorry. <laughs> if you're ever in Massachusetts and you get a chance, go to the Lizzie Borden house. It's totally worth it. And get a bobblehead. It's yeah, 